Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. All right, good morning. Uh, before I get going too, too much, though, I do want to just say a special thanks to John and Courtney Isaacs for stepping in. Uh, I think I could play with Courtney every week with that beautiful voice, and John's okay too. So, well, but yeah, can we give them a big round of applause for stepping up? I do just want to say uh, thank you all for being here. Hope everybody's resolutions are going well so far. Uh, hopefully you're not too far behind already. But I do just want to take a moment just say thank you because, uh, you know, what a, what a way to start off the year than right here in God's house with, with some awesome church, church family. And uh, so, yeah. So as he said, I am one of your own. I did move away for a while, but I'm back. I'm glad to be an Irvin night again. I uh, missed it, but uh, I'm back. Um, if you don't know me, I'm, uh, I'm the eye candy of the worship team. I just, you know, I just, I, I hold it down. Uh, I, man, something about corny dad jokes in this spot. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Because I'm thinking fasting. I'm thinking from bills, but we'll see. But, uh, but in all seriousness, I do want to thank you for allowing me this opportunity because um, I'll be honest, about a year and a half or two years ago, uh, my life took a turn that was not expected, wasn't in the plans. And so uh, there's there's a good portion of life that I didn't know if I'd ever be doing this again. And so <laughs> I probably cry. That's what I do. You'll get used to me. But uh, in, in all seriousness, I, I don't take it lightly standing up here uh, before you all. Um, I'm so thankful to be up here. I, I love doing this. And, um, man, it, you know, it's just so, you know, it, if y'all saw my post, though, it is dusting off the, uh, the skills a little bit. So there's definitely some nerves. So go with me. I said it was weird to go from doing this multiple times a week for eight years to not for two. So uh, y'all are kind of the, the guinea pigs, I guess, for me. But uh, I, I do feel God has, has got a word for us this morning. And... Um, and in all honesty, my name is Brett, uh, Brett Benton. I'm the chaplain at Markham Wallace Hospital, if you didn't know that. Uh, have an awesome crew in the back there that come to support me. I'm thankful for them. And just to do a little plug, not just because my boss is here, um, but we have some awesome resources, whether it's counseling, spiritual counseling, behavioral health, uh, peer support. We, we have a lot of resources that we can offer you. And it does kind of tie into to the message this morning of... What areas of our life are we holding back from God? What areas of our life are we holding back from God? And, and some of those areas are, are areas, it, it's not necessarily that we don't want to give them to God, it's that we're scared. We're scared to give them to God because we don't, we don't know what the outcome's gonna be or, or we're afraid to dive into those parts of our lives because they're hurtful parts of our lives. And so none of this sermon this morning is to make you feel guilty or to make you feel down, but it's rather to show you that there's hope and there is freedom. Uh, just like we sang, there's freedom in God. 
And that's the freedom I want to share with you this morning. But if you will, let's, let's open in a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Father, you are so good. And there is nothing about me that deserves to stand here proclaiming your word. But Father, for whatever reason, even though so much, uh, so many times in our lives we reject you, we deny you, you continually pursue us to show us how much you love us. And Father, that's why we're here this morning is to just say thank you and to worship you. Father, we just pray for each one that's here this morning that, God, you know specifically what their heart needs this morning. And so I just lift them up to you and pray that through your word, they would find freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. I titled today's sermon, Make Yourself at Home. We're a bunch of good Southerners, aren't we? So I would imagine if I were to come over to your house, uh, many of you have probably uttered these words to a guest. Make yourself at home. But that's not what we mean, is it? Because what would happen if I come over, let's say you invite me over for, for Sunday lunch today, and I get there and you say, oh, make yourself at home. And I just go into your bedroom and start going through your drawers. And I open up those closets where you probably got everything shoved into because you don't want nobody else to see it. And, and, and I just started going through your personal accounts. You see, what we mean whenever we say make yourself at home is make yourself at home within the social parameters that I'm comfortable with. What we mean is make yourself at home as in sit in that cozy seat and don't mess too much up. Don't interrupt too much of my life, but be at ease in the situation. How many of your spiritual lives does that sound like this morning? Huh. I know it's mine. And that's part of what we're going to talk about this morning is I've got four kind of steps through God's word to help us to give it all to God to get into those areas of our life because so often we say, God, I want to worship you. You are so good. But I've got bills to pay. I can't tithe. God, I, I know you're so awesome and you came for all of mankind, but I'm not a good speaker. When I say I'm an introvert and that anybody can stand up here and speak, I mean it. I, I'm, this, this, <laughs> I don't wake up in the morning saying, man, I sure wish I could get in front of a large group today. But when you give it all to God, God gives you the opportunities, but he also gives you the abilities. And so as we're going through the, his word this morning, as we're going through this passage, I want you to think about those areas that you're scared of right now. I guarantee you, each one of you, as soon as I said there's something in your spiritual life, something came to your mind. Whether it's your witness, your giving, that, that sin that you just can't seem to, seem to 
shake. There's something that you're holding on to that God's asking you to trust him with. It'll be on the screen, but if you have a copy of God's word and you want to go with me, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start in the 13th verse. Peter's writing to a group of believers. He's reminding them of the salvation that we have. He's showing them that, that, that through Christ, there's, there's more. So often we forget that. We get to the salvation part and then we stop. Salvation is just the, the, that's the starting line. There's so much more to our walk with Christ. I, I truly believe that if there wasn't, then the moment we accept Christ, he would just take us on home. But he doesn't. He leaves us here. He, he has us here for a purpose. And so the very first word that we see Peter say is, therefore, he's saying, because of this awesome salvation, because of, of, of what God has done in your life, he's saying, therefore... This is what life should look like. He says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Within that, there's so much direction that his word is trying to give us to show us that therefore, since, since the blood of Christ has covered you, you see, that, that, that's the part that we get hung up on. We're thinking that, man, I, I've sinned. I'm not good enough to be used by God. And that's true. I'm not good enough to be up here. I'm not good enough to go to heaven. I'm not good enough to talk to the Father. I'm not good enough to, to, to stand in his presence. And that's why God said, I've got you covered. And the blood of Christ makes you a new creation. He doesn't just clean up who you are. He makes you new. And it's because of that new life that you have in Christ that you can achieve. See, God doesn't set you up for failure. Sometimes we think that, though. God, I'm barely making it now on what I owe, on what I make. How, how can I give more? God, I, I get so nervous talking to others. How can I witness more? God, I, I'm so busy how can I pray and read more? And there's so many times that we think maybe God is trying to set us up, but he is trying to set us up. He's trying to set us up for success. He's setting us up for, for the life that he declared that he made for us before we even existed. And so Peter's saying, therefore, since you are covered by the blood of Christ, since you have been redeemed by Jesus, do these things. Not, not on your own, but rather it's inviting Christ into all of those parts of your life and saying, God, I can't, but you can. I'm just here for you to do it through. And so first thing that we have to do 
in making yourself at home, in other words, in allowing Christ to make himself home, a home in our heart, not just to save us, but to be Lord. You see, we get the Savior part, but we got to work on the Lord part. we got to make him Lord in our lives. And so the first step of that is be intentional. Be intentional. Positive life changes won't happen passively. Positive life changes won't happen passively. What do I mean by that? Well, part of my journey in life is dealing with depression and anxiety. <laughs> you got to be careful where you say that in too many circles of churches because we can't be depressed. We can't have those struggles. Well, sorry, I do. But that doesn't mean they have to define me. And see, for the longest time, I convinced myself, if I could just have one good day, everything will be okay. I would have those moments of depression and anxiety where it's just like, I don't, I don't want to get off the couch. God, I'm useless. I can't get anything done. I just, and you get so crumbled and you just think, but God, I, I just know that uh, if I can have just one good day where, there, where nothing happens. That's a joke, isn't it? Adult lifehood, a day where nothing happens. Something comes up every day, some form or fashion, doesn't it? So in that mindset of just hoping that one day there's going to be this magical day where everything lines up, puppies and unicorns just march through the, the, the living room and uh, millions of dollars just land in my lap and everything is happy. Guess what? Never came. And so there became a moment in my life where I was like, you know what? That way isn't working too good. So I sought a doctor. I sought counseling. Got on medication. <gasps> I had to be intentional about positive changes that I wanted to make in my life. Likewise, in your spiritual life, maybe you're thinking, you know, if I can just have one good day without sinning, if I can just have one good day without doing that sin that I struggle with, then God will use me. Folks, I'm here to tell you that day will never come. That day will not come. But rather you have to be intentional about going after it because through Christ, he's already given you the way out. And so you have to be intentional and you have to seek God and say, God, I'm done with this but I don't have the strength to be done with this. I'm mentally done, but physically. And even Jesus said that, didn't he? For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, in my mind, I wanted to not have depression and anxiety. In my mind, I wanted life to look differently. But that positive change wasn't gonna come until I intentionally went after it. So likewise, whatever area of your life that you're wishing was more positive or, or different, how are you intentionally going after it? Because through Christ, he's saying, therefore, prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind for action. I saw a thing the other day. It was in some kind of psychological post somewhere is that we can get in the loop of sharing our ideas 
but never get into action. And what that is is because whenever we share our intentions with somebody, it releases dopamine because we get excited. We get really excited about that idea. Like, okay, yeah, I am going to do that. Yes. But then it never happens because we just got the dopamine. We got that excitement release, and so we don't ever get to the action. And so it suggested that do the action and celebrate the win instead of celebrate the plan. What plan do you have to be intentional with your relationship with Christ? Second thing we must do is be real. Be real. I had to finally just be real with myself one day and say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. We have to take an honest look at who we are. And then ask ourselves, do we practice the beliefs that we have or do we live off our intentions? I heard it said one time that so many times we judge others based on their actions, but we judge ourselves based on our intention. Hmm. I know I'm a good person. I know I love God. I know, I, I know church is important. I know these things. I know all the things that are good. So I'm, I'm okay. But when others act a fool, we can point that out real quick, can't we? And so part of this is we got to be real. I even suggest, I remember one time I just started making a note. Everything that I believe, I believe Jesus is God. I believe the Trinity is one. And I just started making a note, writing down all the things, whether it seemed insignificant or not, I just wrote them down. And then you go back through that and you say, okay, if this is what I believe, is this what I live? Because if there's a disconnect between our belief and our actions, then there's parts of our life that Christ is not in. It's real. We have to be willing to be vulnerable. What does it say? It says, prepare your mind for action and be sober-minded. Last night was New Year's Eve. <laughs> I say there was a lot of unsober decisions made last night. A lot of people that made decisions that they woke up today and saying, did I really say that? Did I do that? So we got to be sober-minded. We got to think clearly. We got to be willing to say, you know what? I feel like I'm a good Christian, but my life isn't quite the life that is honoring to God that, I've, that, that it should be. And I know that sounds like a bad thing, but if you're recognizing that, you're in a place to do amazing things. You're in a vulnerable place where God is saying, finally, I have you where I need you. Because it's finally in a place where you're saying, I need God. So we have to be intentional. We have to be real. And then three, be looking forward. Be looking forward. That doesn't mean we don't stop and celebrate wins of the past. But I've, in my 36 years on this life, I have attended a lot of churches. And I'm, what I'm about to say, I say very respectfully because it breaks my heart. But in that time, I've sadly been in several churches that the writing is on the wall that they're just dying. 
The spirit is quenched. Numbers are dwindling. And there's just no love in there. There's just, it's just dying. And you know what one of the common statements you hear in places like that? I remember when. I remember back in 1960, we had 200 coming to Sunday school. I remember when. We get stuck on what has been and we forget where we're at. To acknowledge it's that be real to say, okay, God, you've used me in the past, but are you using me now? Am I open to be used from you now? So be looking forward. And this doesn't mean that you have to understand every step that you go forward. There's a lot of parents in this room. Does your kids understand every instruction that you give them? Do they understand the thought process behind every command that you give them? Probably not. But you hope that they listen to you because you know of dangers that they don't. You know of blessings that they don't. There are things that you want your kids to experience that they're not going to experience unless they listen to you. God, our Heavenly Father, is no different. I heard Francis Chan say one time, dealing with a hot topic of today's world, and they were just like, why does God say that you can't do that? And his response was so simple. Could it be that God knows something that you don't? So when God tells you no, it could be because there is an amazing yes just waiting for you that this no would have kept you from. Be looking forward. It doesn't mean you have to understand. It just means you have to trust. Our relationship with Christ is built on faith. It's built on faith saying, God... Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher and greater than my thoughts. So even though I don't understand why you're asking me to do this, I don't understand how this is going to turn out. I don't understand any of this. But God, you do. So be looking forward. Lean back into that excitement and that hope. Uh, man, one of the one of the joys of being in ministry is seeing a young child accept Christ. I guarantee you that young child is going to go tell everybody. I remember in fourth grade when it was time for me to be baptized by a man sitting right there. I told everybody. I was inviting my teacher. I was inviting anybody that would listen to me. And I even remember telling Brother Max, I said, I want to be baptized on Sunday morning because more people are going to be there. We have to get our excitement for Christ back. And that happens when we look forward, realizing that whatever mess is behind us, God can make a beautiful path and future for us. So be intentional, be real, be looking forward. And finally, this is a step, but this is also a result. Be holy. I don't know about you all, but that one scares me. If you understand what holiness is, God is holy. That means there is no evil. There is no sin. There is no darkness. It is the purest form of purity there is. Holiness. 
And his word tells us to be holy like he is holy. And I just say, holy cow, how? And what we have to understand is to be holy is literally impossible to do on our own. It is literally impossible to do on our own. Only through surrender and obedience can holiness be a reality. We cannot achieve it on our own. One of the things I get to do with Jessica sitting back there is celebrate recovery. And it's the 12-step program. But it's through a Christian lens. It's taking the 12 steps and, and putting biblical references with them. And in those 12 steps, it's not about you getting through those steps so that you're better and that you can do your, uh, it's not that you do these on your own and, and suddenly your life is great, but rather all the steps are saying, I'm weak, I can't do this. It's getting out of denial, it's saying, God, I've struggled for so long and I've tried, but I can't. And we have to acknowledge our need and surrender to the one who can make that change within us. Holiness begins not by better actions on my behalf. Holiness begins by surrender. Holiness begins by full surrender. And that's going to allow God, it's, <coughs> excuse me, if you ever hear ministers and churches talk about the sanctification process, that's what it is. You see, salvation, that's that starting line. <coughs> but the rest of the time until we get to heaven is sanctification. That's a, in other words, that's God setting us apart to be more like his son, Jesus. And guess what? That work is all on him. We just have to show up and say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. <coughs> so are you willing today to make Jesus at home in your heart? Are you ready to be intentional? Be real. Be looking forward to all that God can and will do through you. And say, God, I want to live a holy life for you. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.